0: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio.
1: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio Series XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. The Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. And today we're going to recap our 2024 Super Bowl commercials. Americus, did yes. you see any of them?
0: I loved it all. Yeah, okay, Barbara, you got to tell me your top commercial. Tell, tell it to me. I'll give you mine first, okay? okay good. Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Oh, that one was great.
0: I loved it. And here's why. I think there's so, first of all, one of the big trends is that there were tons of celebrities jam-packed into these ads. I think the the ones that really stood out tried to really just really saturate with lots and lots of celebrity. But I loved it because Ben Affleck has been sort of blasted in the news about being this sort of low-energy guy. He's not fun. He doesn't seem to have fun when he's with J-Lo. And I thought that attempt to really sort of make fun of himself was actually pretty cool. And to just have, you know, Tom Brady there and Matt Damon and Fat Joe and J Lo and they're sort of all in this mode and he's really he really went
1: in on that.
0: And so I really appreciated that from a humor perspective.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't do favorites. I usually do the ones I don't like. Okay. That's just my personality. That's shocking. That's but I gotta say, Barbara, that's so
0: on brand for you. Uh, should I tell you the one what were that, you most negative about? Yeah, what was
1: I most negative about? I did not love the dove one. Okay. Because ah. I did not like the fact that here's this big sporting event yeah. and we're really interested in female athletes Mm -hmm. and we're showing this video Mm -hmm. of little girls falling and i understand that wasn't the point the point was that they're resilient and they can pick up from falls and it was a body image body confidence ad Mm -hmm. and i get what dove was saying Mm. but the visceral effect Mm. of watching these powerful athletes in the super bowl do incredible Athletic things. Right. And then watching these little girls fall. Oh wow. I didn't like that juxtaposition. Yeah. And it really bothered me that they did something like that. So even though I applaud them for what they're trying to uh-huh. do uh-huh. I, I felt like yeah. in context it yeah. wasn't the right place. For
0: Interesting. It. Well, we're going to need a guru to step yeah, in and I help us out. Yeah, I think that's to really unpack help. all of this stuff. What yeah, got, so Barbara? enough
1: of what we think, right? <laughs> Let's bring right. in someone who knows what they're talking about. Yep. So we have as our guest today, Jameson Fleming, who's AdWeek's managing editor of marketing and agencies, and he focuses on the business of marketing. And he, have you watched every single ad, Jameson?
2: I have probably watched every ad about <laughs> 10 times over oh, uh, so wow. it's 10 or 8 years since I've been doing this. Nice. Okay, so forget um, about so There's nothing me- that slips by me these days. <laughs> well, let me
1: ask you then. We gave you two ads that are pretty well-known, prominent ads, had a lot of hype before and will likely have a lot of hype after. Um, it was a hit and a miss in our, in our definitions. Maricus um, gave you a hit in Duncan Onis. I gave you what I thought was a miss in Dove. What is your feeling about those two ads?
2: So I liked both of those ads. Uh, I, I tend to not love celebrity heavy ads, but Duncan, because they made it very much an ensemble mm. uh, and it felt like everybody played a key part and everybody was memorable from that ad because you're going to remember Tom Brady and J-Lo. Yep. And I mean, Matt Damon is what made that ad work yeah, with you know his punch lines. <laughs> and then Ben Affleck's you know, performance was also extremely strong. Uh, and so I thought that one worked extremely well because it was a true ensemble performance where nobody really stood out over anybody else, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. it was just a fun ad with Dove. Uh, you know, we really liked that ad. Mm. I totally get where you're coming from in terms of that juxtaposition, but I think what Dove was really trying to say is, you know, if we if we support little girls and teenage girls as they come up through sports. And we help them overcome some of the issues that they face, like they're not gonna get knocked down as mm-hmm. you know, as they do in the beginning of the ad. And so I like the overall message. I like the message. I totally get where you're coming from in terms of, yeah, it does kind of look weird to, like, have girls getting knocked down, mm. uh, you know, in this kind of context.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely like the message, and I applaud their messages over the years. They're, we definitely use them as, mm. you know, role model ads for for position of women. I just
0: it just did, it just didn't, it just land didn't good on right yeah. work right yeah.
1: for me in in this setting yeah. you know there was a, talking about celebrity there was another ad set that came up a lot that had a lot of celebrities and I think it was what you were talking about not the best use of uh, celebrities which was the home.com ads mm-hmm. um did you have a reaction to those ads
2: yeah the homes.com and you know even the apartments.com ad with jeff Goldblum I thought they landed decently um you know because there were so many some of them i think did better than the others like i think the the 32nd one where they're in the salon was pretty hysterical but <laughs> you know the 62nd one where they introduced the campaign was was fine i think jeff goldblum at the end kind of saves that one and i think he also kind of saves the apartments.com ad because the writing in that one was okay but jeff goldblum's just such a you know good performer that you know it overall feels like a good ad but uh yeah it was kinda interesting to see you know one brand like that go so heavy with you know two and a half minutes of. Airtime across two brands and four commercials was a pretty bold move by you know a, a brand that isn't a traditional big time advertiser. Interesting.
1: S- so another one who's not a traditional advertising, this one I thought did really well actually, and I think it's mm. very interesting what they were doing. Marcus and I were talking about it last night. We watched a lot of these yeah. together. We were actually uh, at a party, yeah, we're watching
0: watching, watching, the, ads, them and watching the game. Yeah.
1: So one I thought was very interesting. Interesting brand is Poppy. Poppy. What it, and that came in at the last minute. It's you know the new age. What did you think about that?
2: Yeah, the poppy commercial is interesting because you know the copywriting in it is really strong, and it, the the strategy behind it is great. Of they were basically telling 100 hundred plus million people that the new age of soda begins today, mm. and that new age is us. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. It's, it's a really strong message and a bold claim, and I I'm going to imagine their short term sales are going to go through the roof of people wanting to try this 100%. beverage. Yeah. I didn't love all the imagery. Like at the beginning of the ad, it's kind of comparing poppy to some of the most monumental achievements in human history. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's <laughs> a bit of a ahead. stretch. <laughs> and I thought that was a bit yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. But right. I thought the overall kind of positioning that they put out there was really fascinating. And- if you're going to kind of try to change an entire category, what better way to do it than in front of 100 million people? And, and let
0: me just – sorry. Let me just say really quickly, Barbara, because I was talking to some folks in our cohort, and they were like, Poppy, Timu, what, what is this stuff? When I was walking my daughter to school today. They all know. They all know. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I was like, going to say, that Poppy ad is a big you, hit already on TikTok. That's
0: right. And you said it's really for this younger crowd in this TikTok generation, Right. right? And also,
1: yep. it's going to follow up with a very strong online um, right. follow-up. So they're going to use this to get more awareness. They already have pretty much awareness. And then they're going to follow up with a pretty detailed strategy online on Amazon and on their social media. Right. So uh, they're crazy like a fox kind of brand. Yes, you yes, know? yes, 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 uh, yes. And the idea that they – I think they last minute – I think I read in one of your stories that they last minute got the spot. They weren't, they weren't sure they were going to do it. Do you know anything? Anything about that? Like it wasn't pre planned so much?
2: No, they haven't talked to us much about the strategy. It's a conversation one of our reporters is going to most likely have with them this week to better understand it. But I mean, the other thing I want to point out with them was they were really smart in terms of how they spent their money. They could have bought 30 seconds, gotten celebrities. And had the total cost of the ad come out to the equivalent of probably two, uh, you know, a full minute of airtime. But because they did something that, you know, was definitely low budget, they were able to buy a full minute and really stretch their, you know, their budget quite further than if they had gone Interesting. a celebrity route with, yep. a, you know, a big time ad agency that would have had a huge fee. So it was a really economical use of their money too, which was pretty impressive.
1: You know, talking about celebrities, I don't think there's anybody bigger than Queen. Um, so, what did you think about Verizon's um, Verizon. strategy and uh-huh. the way they introduced right, her? So first
0: of all, Barbara, are you on? Are you a Verizon customer? What? No, no. Do, do you even know your
1: carrier? Yeah, I'm trying to think. No, I'm AT and T. AT and T. What are
0: you? I'm Verizon. Yeah. So, so
1: you think that we were reacting to it differently? I, I, I just, I it was just a
0: hypothesis that so I had. So
1: I loved her ad.
0: I loved her ad as well. I don't love Verizon that much. It's oh. more or less kind of you, you know, know what the
1: right answer is I know about it, Beyonce. Yes. I do know what the right answer is. Yes,
0: I know what to say very clearly because the Beehive will come after you. Yes, but, exactly. Yes, but uh, it, it was very interesting. What were your thoughts on that specific commercial, Barbara?
1: Well, they all also did breadcrumbs on it so they they didn't really like the Dove commercial for example I saw before the Super Bowl but I don't think you could see all the Beyonce stuff before and she made big announcements and she used it to get her own you know music out there and what her announcements were and the brand um and I was looking forward to seeing that uh and I thought the breadcrumb kind of strategy really worked for me so Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great ad but Jameson what did you think
2: yeah I mean we we ranked it very highly at ad week um you know we we were under the we were under we kind of thought they was going to be announcing a residency in, in Las Vegas and so we were kind of surprised when mm. it was you know hinting at new music at the end which Got it. You know, like 20 minutes after the ad aired, you know, she announced that there was going to be new music coming. But yeah. from Got a it. business yeah. standpoint with Verizon, it was a very smart play because, A, they kind of left the breadcrumbs out there, as you said. Like the first teaser, there were six references to Beyonce. The second teaser, there was one very obvious reference to Beyonce. And so you know something is coming. Her fans are starting to get excited because we are going to get some kind of Beyonce announcement last night. And, you know, Verizon did deliver. The ad itself was pretty fun. Mm. Uh, you know, Verizon and Beyonce have Worked together in the past Mm. on different initiatives. And so for Verizon, I thought it was extremely smart to continue to tie themselves to Beyonce because, other than Taylor Swift, there is no fuzzier person on the planet right now than Beyonce. So, uh, you know, it was really smart. If you're not going to get Taylor Swift, get yourself on the beyonce train yep, yep, yep. Jamison
0: fleming ad weeks managing editor of marketing joining us on this special post super bowl game show Jamison, i have to ask you a question you as well barbara in terms of contrasting ads jesus <laughs> I, I, I just I, I i was thrown off i mean the, the washing the feet thing i mean the imagery was beautiful but i just it was weird man i mean at the, at the you know risk of sounding sacrilegious Jamison, what did you think about the jesus ads
2: to their credit, they went with a positive message this year. Last year they had a very divisive ad that very much played on the left wing versus right wing mm-hmm. cultural war type stuff going on in this country. And I thought it was arguably one of the worst ads that have run in the Super Bowl. This year, they at least went with a very, you know, strong message. And to their so I'll give them credit for that. But yeah, in terms of it being in the Super Bowl. I don't know. It just feels so out of place. I I much more gravitate towards stand up for Jewish hate from um, the foundation to combat anti semitism. Mm -hmm. That was much more about you know if you see hate, say something. And it was all hate. Mm -hmm. You don't even realize that this is you know targeted towards one specific group until the final couple seconds of the ad. Right. So I thought that was a much better message and much more effective message because it really you know, raised all people up mm-hmm. as opposed to just one specific group. Mm-hmm. So
1: you keep alluding to this list you guys have. Like, what's on the top of the list? What do you? What are your three best ads?
2: Mm. Yeah, so we we went with Sarah V as our number one overall ad. I was just about um, to ask you
1: about that um, one.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was interesting because it was one of the most brilliant lead-up campaigns that we've seen in the last half decade for the Super Bowl. They did all this influencer work Like Verizon, they left all these breadcrumbs of like, this feels like it's going to end in a Super Bowl ad, but nobody knew for sure, or if this was just kind of like an influencer play that they were working with. And so we've never seen anything like that, that a brand do. And so it culminates, the 30 second ad was good. But the longer cut is one of the best ads that we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though the 30 second didn't live up to the you know full minute 16 version of it, we still thought the overall campaign made it you know the best ad in the game. The second one was the Paramount Plus hmm. uh, Entertainment, a mountain of entertainment. And that's a campaign that they've been running for a handful of years. Right. And we thought this one was just the best version of it. Uh, you know, you put in Creed, Patrick Stewart, mm.
1: uh, you
2: know Arnold from Hey Arnold, and then the punchline at the end with Peppa Pig, where they're looking for a pigskin, is just too good. <laughs> too and good. then yeah. uh, the final well final one in our top three was uh, State Farm. Uh, that was a late buy in the game as well. State mm. Farm had initially said we're not going to advertise. Mm. And High Dive, their agency, came to them with this great concept, and they shot it, they made it, and they said, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. Hmm. And they delivered a, you know, absolutely hysterical spa- spot with Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. with kind of the twist ending with Danny DeVito to yep. throw back to the Twins days, and it was just really well done. Yep.
1: Yeah, very, so that was one cool. of your favorites too. It was. Uh, it was
2: very very funny for me, and I think that uh, it's super
0: interesting in the sense that, to your point, Jamison, talk a little bit about this because when you lean in on a specific cultural nostalgic moment, that's a bit of a risk because if you don't if you don't know the history of, say for example, a Christopher Walken or Arnold Schwarzenegger, or the Danny DeVito-Arnold Schwarzenegger relationship, you're not going to get it. And I think, Barbara, you were saying, like, it just didn't land because you didn't have that context. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that, Jameson, the idea of leaning in on some really powerful cultural moment and the risk of some people just not getting it because they're just not aware of that cultural, iconic context.
1: There were a number of Vets that were hearkening back to something you need to know yeah, to get it. Yeah,
2: yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Jameson? Yeah, it's a bit of a risk, but it also is, if you do the right cultural references, it's one of those things that, you know, it's one of those, if you know, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is so valuable for brands right now. If you can tap into a community and kind of trigger that, if you know, you know, response from people, it's going to go over really well. What was really smart about the State Farm ad was you didn't really need to know what Twins was mm. to enjoy that yeah. because That's it's only the last, you know, seven seconds of the ad. And even if you don't know that the two of them were in an ad or in a movie together, mm-hmm. just the juxtaposition oh, yeah, of right. Arnold Schwarzenegger fair. next yeah. to Danny DeVito yep. is funny in of itself. And fair. so yep. they were really smart that they didn't go all in on Twins and that you get 50 seconds of Arnold Schwarzenegger saying yeah over and over again and saying Leba a- a- and yeah. like all of those jokes and they land really well. Uh, but it is it is risky because, like, a couple of years ago, Verizon did a Cable Guy reference. Ah. Cable Guy wasn't even that popular when it came out. And so <laughs> someone like me who's in my mid-30s, like, yeah. I had never seen Cable Guy. I yeah. didn't get that reference. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it, it is very risky. You have to be very smart about what kind of IP you're going to play off Interesting. Of.
1: So what about the traditional ads that we usually see, like, you know, Bud and Volkswagen, the car ads? And what do you think about the Budweiser ads or the Volkswagen? Or,
0: BMW?
1: Yeah, BMW. Yeah. Well, I think we talked about BMW. Yeah, that was Christopher Walken. Yeah. yeah. But v- VW and, um, say, Bud and Bud Light.
2: Yeah, I mean, the it was interesting, the Anheuser-Busch portfolio, and even the, the whole beer portfolio, if you look at Coors Light bringing back the silver bullet train, mm-hmm. I thought a lot of those generally fell flat. I mean, Michelob I spent— God knows how much money on Lionel Messi to kick a football uh, or kick a soccer ball up a beach. Yeah. And Budweiser, I mean, it was a fine ad. You know, I think it's probably the best ad with a Clydesdale since Puppy Love a decade Mm. ago. Mm -hmm. And it ended the same way as Puppy Love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it panders to a very specific audience who loves that kind of nostalgia play. It's overall going to do well, but like is that going to sell beer in this day and age? Well, My
1: you got to remember defining. they're trying to unsell controversy Ooh, and get back yeah. to sell well beer, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. maybe what you're saying is exactly what they were going for. Yeah. let looks like. Cut that's the controversy a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to what we used to do.
0: Interesting. And I will say Messi is a much better kicker than Gronk.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 that, yeah.
2: So so I think it's that. time for FanDuel to probably retire the kick of destiny.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, that, that's an interesting question that I wanted to ask. We were talking about that last night. So we know, what's it, 30 seconds or a minute is $7 million. I mean, it's very expensive to buy time on Super Bowl, right? And then yeah. when you pay for all those... Um, celebrities they do they charge their full price or like i mean how much does it cost to get all those
2: celebrities i mean it's expensive i mean if it's a true a-list celebrity like my guess for messi was he was probably north of eight million (laughs)
0: Wow. Um, and that's wow. just kind of
2: my own speculation, but my guess is that's probably about what he was. Wow. Uh, and When you get to some of the lesser celebrities, you're looking at three or five million, and then kind <laughs> of, you know, it, it's a lot of money. And so, can, when you can I get a buck fifty? <laughs> I mean, $15 million lesser on their celebrities. Time, plus yeah. that celebrity. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah,
1: that's what I was wondering. Because when you hear about how expensive a Super Bowl ad is, it's yeah. just buying the time. Yeah. It's not the production value. That's 100%. And then you have, you, feature all these celebrities. They can't come yep, cheat.
0: Yeah. And the game itself. I mean, we're talking about, you know, $7,000 tickets, right? Yeah. So. Well, and that
1: <laughs> Travis Kelsey spent a million dollars on his suite for yes. his family and Taylor's family, yep, yep, yep. which he told us over and over, wasn't worth <laughs> a million. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So so okay. So those were your top three. Which ones do you think Ooh. really failed? Or
0: oh. oh, let's let's just say which ones were challenged? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Barbara, I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna lift your spirits. I'm gonna all have right, you more right. optimistic.
1: <laughs> which yeah. ones didn't land as well as they might have?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's kind of like two different buckets to that. There's like the advertisers that you know have low budget ads, like CrowdStrike and mm. Bass Pro Shops mm. and. The ones who aren't trying to just, like, wow you. Like, they have a specific purpose in the game. And by the fact that they keep coming back, like, it must be working for them. Skechers is another one. Mm. Then there's the the ones that are, like, the high-budget brands that do seem like they were really trying to, you know, win over consumers and fell flat. Oreo was one of those for me where, Mm. you know, they were trying to make, you know, twisting happen. Where, yeah, consumers twist Oreos, but they don't make decisions off of them. And they were trying to make (laughs) that happen as a... As a thing. Uh That just didn't resonate with me. Mm. Uber Eats, I struggled Mm. with because I just didn't think the jokes were good for mm. the most part uh <laughs> and they even had to edit their ad at the last second because they had a a peanut uh, somebody having a peanut reaction not remembering oh, that peanut butter <laughs> oh dear and so all the food allergy networks went after uber eats like how dare you do this oh, so wow. they had to edit their ad at the last second they got bad press for that mm. um and so it's like those kind of ads where you know they were high budget and then they uh, just they didn't, didn't land. work yeah Those to me are the fails of the night because if you've got a CrowdStrike or some of these lesser brands who are just happy to be there and have a specific reason, like I'm not going to yell at them for having a bad ad. (laughs) Yeah,
0: interesting, interesting. Let me get really quick, Jameson. Let me get your thoughts on uh, halftime show. What were your thoughts on that? I mean, Usher was Usher appeared Barbara in some of the ads. Yeah, and so, but it's really really hard to come out there and be phenomenal during the halftime. Uh, halftime performance. What were your thoughts, Jameson, on that as a, as a marketing opportunity, as a, you know, opportunity to, to elevate things like that?
2: Yeah. I didn't really come away from the halftime performance thinking like, Oh, I need to go check out like what Usher is up to. Like mm. last year with Rihanna. Mm. Well, like, she was you awesome. Had to Google she was my What favorite. everything is going on with Rihanna after that performance. Right. Exactly. Usher, And all the guests that he had on there, you know, Alicia Keys and I forget who the other musicians were off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't – you didn't come away going like, oh, man, I'm going to go listen to some Usher this Mm. week. Uh, And so it didn't feel like the walk down memory lane that maybe we thought we were going to get with Usher because he was such a strong presence for the 2000s. And it just – I don't know. It just – didn't come across that way and i feel like the social reaction was generally the same of you know it was a fine show but you yeah. didn't come away going like oh man usher like i forgot about him he's great interesting
0: so i'm just gonna say barbara really quickly here's a question for you trivia question who sponsored the halftime performance a brand sponsored the halftime performance what brand was that do you remember
1: was it Apple Music? Apple, yes. Yeah. is and that's something I was. We were <laughs> right, having this conversation.
0: Right. It was like, oh yeah, it was Apple. It, that th- that might have been a miss, quite yeah. honestly, right? Yeah, or you it thought- wasn't <laughs> salient. <laughs> but I
1: only knew it because I knew it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: right, right. So interesting because Apple is really you know a prominent brand that's out there, and you you, you expect them to do like phenomenal things. I mean, they had that. Cl- very famous 1984 uh, classic, you know, think different Super Bowl commercial directed by Ridley Scott and so on and so forth. So you always expect them to be at the top of the entertainment spectrum in terms of, you know, showing up at these sorts of events. So that was a little bit interesting as well. Didn't you?
1: And, and you, know. Uh, you know, Las Vegas and that whole thing. We yeah. talked a lot about that before this started with the sphere and they kept showing pictures yeah. of the sphere. What was your take on how did the sphere play into any of this? Did you have any?
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts, Jameson, on the sphere?
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems like a great brand play during events for how much they charge on it regularly. I don't feel like it's probably a great brand investment when there's not a big event going on. But Las Vegas definitely proved itself to be the ideal location for brands Mm. to have a Super Bowl because they were activating all the way up and down the strip with huge, impressive Uh, you know, activations uh, like we really haven't seen at a Super Bowl. And so I if it was up to brands, they would probably want the Super Bowl back in Vegas as often Mm. as the NFL (laughs) is willing to do it.
1: And, you know, another thing that people sometimes forget to ask about, what about the football? (laughs) So, um,
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, there was a football game. I mean, the first
1: half of the game was relatively boring. The second half of the game was awesome. Yeah. And what about the placement of the ads? The uh, ones who got, did you track like the ones who were later in the game and earlier in the game and how that worked out for um, for the success of the ad placement yeah, within so the it, game? Yeah, so it's
2: interesting because it's such a gamble on when you where you place your ad because you're guaranteed high viewership in the first half and then the yes, second half fair. you really don't know mm. uh, and then this had the added wrinkle of overtime the right. brands yeah. offered the opportunity sort of on the spot that's of, what i was gonna ask you, you one that overtime oh that's uh, interesting and, and yeah. so we only saw one brand out of those five ads that were was in the game and that was state farm cut down their 60 into a 30 second wow. the other four brands were either pre-game or not at all so you had discover which was a pre-game ad uh, uh, there was, I think, a serial brand uh, that was one of those ads, and then I think you had two movie trailers from Universal that mm. were not during the game, and so Universal, you know, essentially up their spend by fifteen million dollars to show two more trailers and uh, in overtime. And so CBS walked away with an extra $35 million. That wow.
1: That's super interesting because I was thinking it was a very long game. Um, and then we were thinking it went into overtime. I read, I think, that there's only two Super Bowl games that went into overtime. So you don't predict that's going to happen. That's right. Plus, that was such an exciting conclusion. Hundred So you have everybody watching that with intensity. See, here's something
0: interesting, Barbara. Two-tailed hypothesis. If it's close and you're in the game, are you distracted from the commercials? No,
1: you need to Relief. Are you kidding <laughs> oh, me? Right? Okay. You it's are so tense. Like what is gonna bo- happen if, to if, Travis it, Kelsey? That I'm, is what you're worried about. <laughs> fair
0: enough. But if I'm bored, I'm like, I don't know. It's like okay, the ads, let me at least pay attention to the ads, right? But you're saying that it's that a is, relief. It's a it goes. Actually, up. <laughs> there's research about
1: that, you uh, know? Like yeah, yeah. if you get that relief, it, it, yeah, helps yeah. With the intensity. it helps with the intensity. I personally think those ads at the end got really good okay. placement. Well, and if they had to make the money you know the decision last minute, that's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Very, very cool.
1: So And so how does that work? They just decide and then they run it like somebody's making a split-second decision like that? Is that what you're saying actually happened, Jameson?
2: Um, So some brands in advance may raise their hand and say like, hey, if the game goes to overtime, we're in. But CBS will also give brands an opportunity to say like, hey, we could be headed to overtime. Anybody interested? (sighs) And. So I know Discover was one of those brands that they had an opportunity in the fourth quarter where CBS came to them because they had already had a pregame ad and said, hey, do you want to go in overtime? And I would guess because Discover went pregame, they probably got a saw a good response to their ad and mm-hmm. said, like, hey, people liked our ad. Let's go for it. It's going to be worth the $7 million to do it. So, okay. Oh, so the, uh, pri- so the
0: price doesn't change, Jamison? Is that correct? It's actually because I could imagine, you know, I guess if, if, you're, if you're asked to do it and you haven't, been, you haven't raised your hand, I guess they could charge more to a certain extent, right? But you're saying you get that locked-in price no matter what. You just get first right to refusal if, you, if you've already said, hey, I'm interested in being potentially putting an ad in the overtime part. Is that correct?
2: uh from our knowledge yes cbs has never outright said that like it's seven million dollars but based off of previous reporting we've done we're pretty confident that you get somewhere around that rate wow. um it might be give or take a couple hundred thousand dollars either way but it you know it's basically the same rate as you get in a game
1: you know jameson thank you so much for joining wow. us today so much and to <laughs> where can our listeners go to keep up with you
2: Yeah, just go to adweek.com. We cover the Super Bowl in and out and then the other 360 days of the year. Uh, you know, we're the most read publication for advertising, media, and marketing. So now we there's cover an ad. Of everything, <laughs> everything you do. That you're was good at your job, Jameson.
1: <laughs>
0: you're, you're the Patrick Mahomes of uh, advertising gooeyness. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for being on our show you, and sir. helping us debrief the Super Bowl. That's all we have time for today. We'd like to thank our producers, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And we replay our show several times throughout the week. This has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn, here with America's Reads. Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.